Welcome to Immerse Messiah, reading for week 13, day 61. Immersed in Hebrews. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. The book of Hebrews was sent to Jewish believers who were facing persecution for their faith in Jesus. Some were tempted to leave the believing community and return to Judaism in order to escape their mistreatment and pain. It's likely that the recipients of this letter lived in Italy, perhaps even Rome. The author, whose name is not given, sends greetings to them from the believers from Italy, that is, people they would likely have known but who were now living abroad, probably displaced from Rome by persecution. This also makes it likely that the terrible suffering they had experienced earlier was instigated by Emperor Nero, who was known for persecuting Christians, especially in and around Rome. It was probably Nero who ordered the executions of the apostles Paul and Peter, since these Jewish believers may have lived near the center of power in the Roman Empire, they would have been prime targets for the next wave of persecution. But in this new wave of persecution, Christians who were also Jews seemed to have an easy way out. The Roman authorities had recently begun to make a distinction between followers of Jesus and Jews. Judaism was a legal and protected religion in the Roman Empire. Jews who had come to believe in Jesus could return to that protective umbrella if they identified themselves as Jews only, walking away from their faith in Jesus. In response to this situation, the author of Hebrews argues that there's no going back. All of Israel's history was leading up to the great salvation that had now finally appeared in Jesus. The author insists the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow a dim preview of the good things to come. Through Jesus, believers could participate in a far better covenant with God based on better promises. In fact, the Lord Jesus himself announced this great salvation of the new covenant, and the old covenant was now out of date. So believers need to stand firm in their faith, hanging on to everything that had come to them through Jesus. The author makes the case for all this by using a specific literary form. The book of Hebrews consists of four messages, much like ones given in a Jewish synagogue. In fact, the author calls the book an exhortation, the same Greek term used for the word of encouragement given by Paul and Barnabas in the synagogue of Antioch of Pisidia. In this form, the speaker would first bring a teaching from the scriptures and then apply it to the present-day situation of the listeners. So Hebrews alternates back and forth four times between teaching and application, first explaining truths about Jesus from the Scriptures, and then urging the people to respond to these truths. Since the recipients were familiar with the Scriptures and traditions of Israel, the author's message presents four key themes, each built on a Jewish tradition. God's Son is greater than the angels and the messages they delivered, the laws of the Old Covenant. Jesus is God's greatest messenger, 
superior even to Moses and Joshua, and he offers an even greater rest and peace than they offered. Jesus is our true high priest, superior even to Aaron and his priestly family. The followers of Jesus must be faithful, just as God's people of old were faithful, even in the face of suffering. These messages were collected and then sent out like a letter. So Hebrews ends the way any ancient letter would, with personal news, greetings, and information about when the sender next hopes to see the recipients. Of course, the sender also hopes that when that time arrives, the recipients will all still be following Jesus together, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. The Book of Hebrews Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave Him is greater than their names. For God never said to any angel what He said to Jesus, You are my Son. Today I have become your Father. God also said, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, Let all of God's angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, He sends his angels like the winds, his servants like flames of fire. But to the son, he says, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. He also says to the Son, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same. You will live forever. And God never said to any of the angels, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus Himself and then delivered to us by those who heard Him speak? And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chose. And furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. For in one place the scriptures say, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? 
or a son of man, that you should care for him. Yet for a little while you made them a little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him, that is, I and the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. This concludes today's Immerse Reading Experience. Thank you for joining us.